Hey, Hey, Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to season six of the Tell Me About It podcast. This season, we are so excited to bring you more chats about where real life meets the gospel of Jesus. And stay tuned as this season, we are bringing you even more special guests. Plus a brand new mini series on Jesus, what he means to us and the specific words he spoke while here on earth. If you aren't caught up, feel free to subscribe and binge our first five seasons wherever you find your podcast. And if this podcast has impacted you, we would be honored if you rated us within your podcast app of choice. Grab your Chick-fil-A nuggets with us and and let's let's get this party started. What just came out of my throat? Oh my gosh. Y'all just missed some like really interesting content. We were, of course, y'all know we're in the Gospels. We're in John today. Welcome back to Welcome what back. Said, part four of the Tell Me About It podcast. Hope y'all are having a great week. But we, we just started talking about what Enneagram would each of the disciples be. Mm-hmm. Tell me you're a millennial without telling me you're a millennial. Wow. <laughs> true. True. But it's fun to think about. We're like, Peter's an eight. For challenge sure. and everything, but also I could see him being a three, like a go getter, you know. For sure, for sure. We were having a discussion on what do we think Judas? What enneagram is Judas? If y'all listen to this podcast and you are interested in any enneagram, and don't come at us being like that is the devil. No, we want to know more about ourselves, but we don't make it our whole personality. That's so true. Don't come at us. It's just interesting to know about ourselves. If you are like us and you are interested in Enneagram and you think you might know what Judas was, even though we're not supposed to typecast people, message us. We want to know. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the worst thing we do. Then we're in good shape. So true. It's, it's literally impossible to know because we didn't live with these people or like, how do we know like the disciples motivation? Right. Does that make that? Does that mean that Jesus is all the numbers? Is he all of them in one? I mean, he's perfect, true. But anyway, guys, we are. This is the final installment of the "What He Said" series, talking about the words of in red, the mm-hmm. words that Jesus spoke, and it has honestly been such a joy to dive into each of the perspectives of the authors of the gospel. Yes, and I I have to say I think that this last one is my favorite. I think that John's perspective is my favorite. I think I'm noticing, I'm also really appreciated going back through this, like through this perspective specifically, um, because when I, like growing up and still, I really loved Matthew, but it's almost like my younger self really loved Matthew, but where I find myself today more identifies with how John is feeling. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I was shocked to find out that of course he's a fisherman and we see that in the gospels that him, Andrew, um, let's see, who was in the boat that Jesus called? It was like Peter, James, and John. Yeah. They're brothers, right? I think so. Yeah. And they're fishing. It, they're at least three co- of them are brother of two of them are brothers. I think just two of them are. But yeah. well y'all fact check us. But um they they were at least co workers. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm just really shocked to find out that that John is not a lawyer. Because the the main theme of this book is defending who Jesus is and what he came to do. And not so much defending, but more proclaiming 
this book, wouldn't you say, is the most direct? Yes, of like, any of the gospels. There, there is you. You're diving straight into the deep end with this one, and it's great. It is. I think it's it's a great one if you are um, for real. If you're interested in getting down to the theology of it all, yes. Um, this this is the book. I mean, Jesus touches on eternity. He touches on how to be born again. He touches on who he is, what his mission was. And that's really the whole theme of this entire book is John writing down the words that Jesus said that were the direct claim of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful for that because it's very straightforward. Yes. And sometimes you just need, it's not sometimes you need it. It is nice. You have to have it. Yes. Uh, This is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It is the bottom line. Yeah. It's like, this is the foundation. This is where we're starting. No nonsense. And of course, there are stories in there. There are many words that are in black ink as well that are John's claims himself or his eyewitness accounts Mm -hmm. or what he saw or experienced. But a lot of this book are large chunks of red paragraphs, which I am so excited to dive into. Yes, we love that also. James and John for brothers. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Also, next week is our 100th episode. Like, what? (laughs) It's blowing my mind. We have a very special episode coming to you guys next week that we are excited to share with you. Almost wrapping up in a nice little bow, our talk on really micro-focusing on Jesus with Mm -hmm. these words. So make sure that you tune in next week. But uh, for now, we're going to get into John. One last thing. Go ahead. About John and James being brothers. They were known, like Jesus literally called them, the sons of thunder. Yes. I think we would mentioned this once before, but just a reminder. And I'm like, man, what a great like duo name, the sons of thunder. Sounds like a Marvel <laughs> something does. or another. The original OG. Yeah. The cousins of Thor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, let's dive in. Start yes. John 1. Absolutely. So John 1 is a verse that I had to memorize as a young girl in Sunday school. And it it was shocking to me going back to this that these words were not in red. Yeah. This is John right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Chapter 1, verse 1. That's right. Like the first half of this chapter is proclaiming who God is or who Jesus is and was, mm-hmm. who what the word is, right, and how it's all interconnected. So I'm just going to read the first five verses really quick. In the beginning was the word, capital W. The word was with God, and the word was God. Mm. This mirrors Genesis so much to it me. It does. It does. It says, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Chapter, or verse 6 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came, so he's like, this is the next part of the story. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light and that all men may believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. He's talking about John the Baptist saying Mm -hmm. he was the forerunner of Jesus. The true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the word, the world was made through him. Yet 
the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Mm -hmm. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And you've probably heard this at Christmas time or Easter time. Um, verse 14, and the word became flesh, a.k.a. Jesus mm -hmm. came to the world and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So he is basically credit, like just giving all this credibility mm -hmm. to God, the word, Jesus, all in one saying like, this this is what's up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is what's happening and this is the truth. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yes. What a way to open up a book. You know what this reminds me of? The writings of C.S. Lewis. Oh. It, okay. It's almost like the same top style giving reverence to who God is. Yes. Like saying, like, you know when you just are talking to someone and they're giving so much honor yes. to someone. That's I feel that same vibe here. Oh, 100%. With John. And I know that it can be really confusing using words like the word, capital mm -hmm. W. Um, but the way that I view that is, my, this is just my opinion. This is not necessarily something I've looked up. That's the truth of mm -hmm. God. It, it's It's the Alpha and Omega. Yeah. It's the first and the last. It always has been, always will be. So in the beginning was the Word. Mm -hmm. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's right. Girl. So Go he's ahead. starting out just like gas pedal. Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Girl, let's, let's read down to 18. Sure, let's do it. So I had just ended at verse... Um, 15. 15. It says... John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, talking about Jesus, ranks before me because he was before me. So that can be really confusing, but John is basically saying, Listen, the one that's coming next, mm -hmm. he is so much greater than me because he even existed before me. Like, yes, saying that it's something more eternal than you can ever imagine. Verse 16, For... From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who's at the Father's side. He has made him known. Um, and this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? So John, it sounds like John the Baptist was just as forefront about everything as John. Oh, yeah. The author here, not to be confusing between the two. Right. <laughs> John and John. John. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. But I, I just love that about, um, you know, out of its fullness, we've received grace in place of grace already given. And yes. for the law was given through Moses and grace and truth didn't come through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Instead of the law. Yes. Because, I mean, again, y'all know. I'm I'm in Deuteronomy in case you're wondering where I am in this, you know, Bible in a year. God bless That's, you, girly. You know, no, I take that back. I'm not in Deuteronomy. I finished it uh, yeah, two days ago. I'm in Joshua now. But still, you know, we're we're coming out of that. There are so many laws and there was so much that um that God commanded of Israel. Mm -hmm. And um 
and they it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. These are, you know, as far as like going to war, like commanded to go to war and, and take captive cities. And so this is very different that for the for thousands of years up until this point, like you've had you did exactly what God said, how exactly God said to do it. And now Jesus come and said his has come and is saying, Hey, I'm here now. So it's not that you don't need to obey God, but things are gonna look a little bit differently. And so going through this series, the What He Said series has reminded me to show grace. Yes. It has it reminded me to show grace to the Pharisees. I understand that they should have known the word of God better than anybody in order to mm-hmm. recognize that the true Messiah was here. But I also recognize that they were human. And I, um, there are some verses that allude to that. But I just love this, this opening chapter of John is a 10 out of 10 for me. Absolutely. And guys, I just want to add here kind of like, a side note that has nothing to do with this verse. If you have trouble reading the Bible, I don't know if you noticed how we just took it verse by verse and reread some things and commented on some things after Mm -hmm. we had read them. That is how I comprehend. Mm -hmm. Um, A really good way to do that as well as to write things down. Yeah. And then if there's still confusion, obviously pray about it. Yeah, if you have a pastor or like yes. a mentor or somebody, like it's okay to ask them too. But also another really helpful tool is if you have um, the Bible app, do a compare. Highlight the verse and compare it amongst other versions. Yes. Um, and sometimes that's really helpful. And yes, I believe it or not, I will go back to the KJV. Um, and we've already talked about having the Blue, the Blue Letter Bible app on your phone. Um, to get a, a deeper context for the original text. There's so many resources, mm-hmm. but there's, I, I don't say this as a, um, as a negative thing, but there's literally no excuse. There's so many resources out there um, for you to just wonder, to just yes. sit and wonder. So true. So true. Did you have anything else in chapter one? Nope. Let's move on. Well, we're going to talk about the first miracle of Jesus. So Mm -hmm. this was when he was probably in his early 30s. That's when his ministry began. And of course, of course, Mary was the one that spurred that to happen. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, mama, you tell him. That's right. So (laughs) (laughs) I I imagine like... (laughs) Be like, I know that you're God wrapped in flesh, but I'm also your mother. So you're gonna you're gonna start your ministry now. Right. <laughs> so um, they're at this wedding at Cana in Galilee, and Mary is there with Jesus, and they're at this wedding with the disciples, and the wine ran out, which is in that culture. And guys, watch the Chosen series. Mm-hmm. This story is in it, and it really mm-hmm. encapsulates like what that meant to the family. Like it was very embarrassing. I mean, imagine going to a really nice catered event, and they run out of food. Yeah, at a banquet or a wedding. And Jesus, uh, so all that Mary says, it says the mother of Jesus said to him, "They have no wine." I just imagine her kind of like tapping her foot, like Jesus. They have no wine. And Jesus says to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. He said, what do you want me to do about it? Mary doesn't even acknowledge this comment. Like, (laughs) just, okay. The next verse, his mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. (laughs) Just, she said, make it happen. Yes, make it happen. Something that I wrote down about this whole event is that from there, Jesus says, Fill these jars with water. Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And then he performs the miracle. And I love how this shows that it took action from the people. 
And I'm not saying that we have anything to do with the miracle itself. I'm just saying Jesus used the actions mm-hmm. of people to perform a miracle. It was mm-hmm. a part of the step of the process. Yeah. That they had to go gather jars, and then they had to go gather water, and then bring them back to the master of the house. And how they weren't just still. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are going to be times in our lives where we do have to be still. Mm-hmm. And know that he is God, just like the verse says. But at the same time, you know, with particular miracles or acts of God in our life, what is he asking us to do first? Right. That really spoke to me mm-hmm. this time around reading it. Yes, girl. It's so good. I love um, I love also in this story, this isn't a red letter, but um, that the, he pulls a bridegroom aside and he took him to the, the head of the household mm-hmm. and says, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests who have had too much to drink. But you have said, save the best until now. Right. And I know that, you know, in this moment it was, they were help. It was a, an act of service to, you know, help this family that may have felt embarrassed by that moment. But of course, one, that wine is, it's perfection. It's mm-hmm. the best of the best. Um, but I, I just love, again, that they mention this because we, without the cultural context of, oh, well, what difference does it make? Wine is wine. Right. But you don't waste good, expensive, amazing, fantastic wine on people that are drunk because they won't know the difference. That's right. And and I think in the Chosen series, it talks about that mm-hmm. with uh, just kind of giving context to the culture. Mm-hmm. And that is also so important when we read yes. as well to know why was this important? Yes. Also, if you don't know what we're talking about when we say the Chosen series, it can be, you can download it onto your phone. That's what I did. Um, and I just watched it through the app. It's free. Yeah. It's free. And there's so many uh, seasons that are on there already and several episodes. It's amazing. It has nothing to do with us. No. No affiliation with Chosen Girl. But except it's, that we all love the Lord. Exactly. Yes. Um, chapter three. Yes, please. This so is, many good things. Yes. I remember this being one of the cornerstone stories yes. learning about there was a Pharisee man named Nicodemus, and he was actually a ruler of the Jews, so he was a religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know anything about what we've read in the Gospels, the religious people weren't necessarily huge fans of Jesus. Right, <laughs> right. Switching things up. Yes. So he's asking Jesus questions, and he actually goes to him in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, Truly I say unto you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so, of course, Nicodemus is like, how can this happen? Like, I'm an Mm -hmm. old person, and I obviously, like, can't return into my mother's womb. So what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And if you're from the southeast, then you know the term born again. Mm -hmm. Uh, No telling how many times I've heard, are you a born again Christian? Or if you're a born again Christian, you know. Mm -hmm. And, And this is where that comes from. And Jesus answers him back and says, um, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, which is born of the flesh is flesh, which is born of the spirit is spirit. So he's basically saying you were already born of the flesh when you were born from your mom. But I'm saying you've got to be born out of the spirit, capital S, talking about the Holy Spirit of God. And he goes on to say, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit. And that verse, I'm not going to lie, it's a little confusing to me. But they continue their, their conversation and he's talking about, do you believe what what I'm telling you, you know, you believe Mm -hmm. earthly things, but 
are you going to believe these heavenly things? Right. And he ends his talk with him, or well, he concludes one paragraph by saying, whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And that's what leads into the oh so famous yep. John three sixteen. Jesus is saying these words to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm who is seeking, asking questions in the middle of the night, probably because he doesn't want to be seen right. <laughs> being so curious yeah. and candid with Jesus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all know John three sixteen. If you don't, it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But, sis, we sleep on verse 17. Yep, we do. We do. I wish it was more famous because... In the day that we live in with guilt and shame, John three seventeen means so much to yes, me, even personally. It says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Mm-hmm. 18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. We're getting into some very, it's not just about theology, but salvation. Here. Mm-hmm. And if you have, this is a great book to come to if you have questions about salvation. Mm-hmm. I agree. It says it over and over again from from what you just said, being being born of spirit and water. And that even can get into some theological things of, does that mean water baptism? Or is that just talking about the natural birth? Or there's a lot, I know it can be really heavy, but if you have questions about salvation, this is the book to come. I completely agree. I also think that what John is writing here, recording the words of Jesus, mm-hmm. is the solidifying of our reconciliation to God yes. through Jesus. Only. I hear a lot of commentary talking about, you know, I don't know if Jesus is my Lord, but I, I think that he was a great teacher and he believed in a lot of great things. Mm. To which that my question to that is, what about your sin? We have to admit that we are all imperfect people. Mm-hmm. We all are born into a sinful, natured, human being, fleshly person, mm-hmm. like every single one of us. And the Bible acknowledges that too. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, I believe what's in the Bible, but I'm not sure if, if I believe that Jesus was God. That is the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't just a nice person. He wasn't just a loving person. I mean, he was all of those things. But he showed his love on the cross by giving his life as a reconciliation for us. He did. I heard a story this week on a podcast that Lee Valesco was on. Mm-hmm. And he explained the gospel like this. There was a man who gets pulled over by a policeman because he was speeding or whatever you know, traffic violation. And he could not afford the ticket. He was going through some things financially and knew that he was wrong, but also knew he could not afford the ticket. So he pleaded to the policeman and said, please, I, I've literally done this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked one time. Just <laughs> let y'all know. I was like, please, I cannot afford this ticket. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I know that I was wrong. I can't go back. Please do not give me this ticket. He takes his license and registration back to his car. He comes back, and there's a ticket, and he hangs his head. When he opens the ticket, the officer had given the perfect amount of money to pay the debt of the ticket that was owed. And that's the gospel. 
that we cannot deny our sinful nature, mm. but we have an advocate who has come to pay the price for the ticket we deserve. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing we can do about the ticket we deserve mm-hmm. except for accepting the gift from the advocate. Yep. And that is the gospel of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Girl, that'll preach. That's good. And John's like, I'm here to tell y'all, yep. for God so loved the world. Right. And, you know, people talk about, you know, how how can a loving God allow bad things to happen? Mm-hmm. How can a loving mm-hmm. God do X, Y, or Z? And I don't have the answers to a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. I do know that there's no telling what God has protected us from that we right. don't know about. But I also know we live in a really horrible world because of the sin that mm-hmm. has entered into the world. But I do know that God loved us enough to, one, give us free will to choose. Yep. Because I don't want to serve a God that forces me to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to choose to love that God. And he chooses to let us decide, do I want this advocate for me? Yep. And that's true love, in my it opinion. Is. It is. Oh, girl. I, we could talk. We could talk about this. I'm like, man. We have just one episode to talk about John. We can talk I know, about John for so long. I know. It's so good. Um, I don't have anything else in chapter three. What do you have next? Do you have I anything? Had, I had something in four, and I'll just say, I'll, I'll touch on it really briefly. Um, chapter four, verse 34, um, he's talking about the food. Uh, he said, um, essentially, there was just a situation where Jesus was talking to um, this woman, and, and you know, Essentially, they're just kind of like, what is he doing? They don't really understand the interaction that's happening. Uh, meanwhile, his disciples are urging him. He's like, Rabbi, you know, teacher, like, eat something. And he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Like, is he just high? And I'm like, yeah, Jesus, you, it cracks me up. you hiding his food from us? That's, <laughs> I know. I have no doubts that that would have been us for real. Like, What's he talking about? This feels like an episode of Dora, you know. Yes. But um, the next thing that he says, my food (laughs) is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And it really called out my heart to ask the question, are you sustained knowing knowing that your sole job and all you, the greatest thing you can ever do is to do the work of God? Will that, will you be fulfilled by that? And if you're not fulfilled by doing the work of God alone, what else has, what else might have be on a pedestal in your life? Yeah. And that's what that said to me is like, wow, will I be satisfied enough knowing that to, to only do the work of God? Yes. And is that enough to fulfill you? Yeah. That's good. It, it's, uh, that'll, it'll call you out. But, um, in chapter five verses, uh, 41 through 44, um, it says, I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you do. Or I know you, excuse me. <clears throat> I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I've come in my father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else came in his own name, you would accept him. Mm. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes only from God? Girl, whose glory are we after? Don't even ask me that. And, and even in this, we you know, there's several um, verses that also, you know, whose approval do you seek? Mm-hmm. And I think we had talked about that in one of the other Gospels. But it's the same thing here. Whose glory are you looking for? Whose approval are you seeking? Yes. And how can you, how can we say, 
oh God, you know, like we're only seeking your glory. Again, this is one of those moments that's very humbling for me to say, you can, it's a reflective moment it to is. look back and say, oh, am I really in this for, for God or have I laced this? Have I dirtied it with mm. like my own selfish wants? Yeah. You know what's amazing to me? At the same time, he's challenging us with these questions mm-hmm. of whose glory are you seeking? He's making the claim, mm-hmm. and, and it's a true claim if if you believe the word, that he is also God. Right. That he is 100% man, 100% God. Mm-hmm. Just basically giving himself credibility. Yeah. Which... In the Pharisees' defense, I'm not going to defend the Pharisees much because I don't like me a haughty religious person. No. <laughs> Think of how disrespectful this must have looked to them. Mm-hmm. Like, this man is claiming to be God. At the same time, though, there were so many, and we talked about this last week, there were so many prophecies saying this is going to happen, this is going to happen. They were looking for a Messiah. Yep. They knew he was going to come. He came, and they rejected him. Despite of the prophecies being fulfilled and despite of the miracles and words he said. So they just refused to believe. Yeah. But credibility of Jesus is a common theme through all of this, saying, you know, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish are the very works that I am doing. You're bearing mm-hmm. witness that the Father has sent me. You know, just constant language like that, all throughout chapter yes. five and all throughout um, the entire book of John, which gives him the credibility to talk about things like eternal life in chapter six. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, one last thing before we move on to chapter six. Yeah, sure. Just if, even if you read just a little bit of context before, and I know we don't have time to go through the whole context of everything we're touching on, but he's, he's talking to the, the Pharisees and he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them, you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. Right. That is a common thread throughout this entire mm-hmm. book of Jesus saying, if only you would come to me. Mm-hmm. If only you would understand that I'm going to give you something that that will not run dry, that will not return void. And he yep. uses the analogy of food because I think he knows how much we love food. A lot. We all got to have it. Yeah. And and obviously food and water are essential to our nourishment and survival. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what he's comparing himself to. Yeah. Not saying, hey, if you're with me, you don't have to eat. No. He knows that they're aimless in the law. Right. Searching for something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, aren't so many of us still there? Yeah, We're looking for fulfillment. In down the empty, wrong places. Yes. Down empty avenues that will leave us still empty. Yeah. And so the the truth of the gospel, what Jesus is saying, he's even saying it. This is all I had in chapter six, so I'll, I'll just go there. But he's saying, you know, he he feeds the five thousand with literal bread, and then goes into, "I am the bread of life." He's saying, "Truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, because but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perish, perishes, but." for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. Um, he continues down saying, Truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you 
the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then he makes the claim, I am the bread of life. Uh Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, but whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you've seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives to gives to me will come to me and whoever comes to me I will never cast out Mm. for I've come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all he has given me but raise it up to the last day for this is the will of my father that everyone who looks on the son and who believes in him shall have eternal life and will raise him up Mm. on the last day wow so he's like if y'all would just trust me. He uses the bread and hunger, thirst analogy mm-hmm. all through this. It's something we can all relate to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay, girl. You got anything in the Not next? Not in seven, but I'll skip down Same to eight. Um, 34 through 37. Um, and so they're in this part, they're, they're talking about... Um, to the Jews who believed in him, you know, they're talking a little bit about uh, who Abraham is because, you know, before it was all about who, who's, who was your father? Mm -hmm. Um, You're the son Mm -hmm. of Abraham. And then like, what tribes did you belong to? And so there's this whole lineage piece. That's a part of the law part of the old covenant. But down in in verse 34, you know, Jesus replies, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is, is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. <clears throat> so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Love. We love that line, but it's a reminder that the head of the household, if the if the head, if your father says something to somebody, if someone comes to visit your house and your father gives them instructions, mm-hmm. they go do it. But also as a child, if you gave them instructions as also being a member of that household, they also will obey you as well. So when you are, so he's saying, if Jesus says this and I am the son and I say it to you, it is, it is the same lineage member of this family. Yes. Are saying this and the authority still carries. Yes. So if God says you're free and Jesus says you're free, you are free. Indeed. (laughs) There's no need for a second opinion. Yes. You don't have to go to the father again to get instructions. When the son said it, it was enough. Again, going back to that credibility, at this time, even in the culture of their religion, there was still the Holy of Holies. They could not even directly talk to God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is literally stepping in as a bridge, as an advocate, saying, listen, guys, I am he and he is me and you are free. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. ironic thing to me about sin is that we, and, and even about salvation, is that we think of Christianity and salvation as a loss and we focus on those verses like, take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. But we forget that the end of the verse that says, whoever will lose his life will find it. it. Mm-hmm. And we think that living in our sin is freedom. But let me tell you guys, there is a string attached to every sin, to everything that you that your flesh wants to do. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh my goodness, if I can do whatever I want, that I'm free. But you will have a debt to that particular sin. Yeah. We are only free in Christ. Mm-hmm. We are only free. We are only reconciled in Him. That is the truth. 
And I love that that theme is around the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Mm-hmm. First of all, my feminist rear end wants to say, where was the man? <laughs> it takes two to tango. Bring him out here. That's right. Who else, who, who else has he been around with? Mm-hmm. I need to know. Yep. So this is such a redeeming story mm-hmm. of Jesus truly teaching judgment. Yeah. And I wish that we used this as an example for gossip that happens within the church today. Ooh. Okay. Be like, okay, what you been doing though? Yeah. Be like, somebody else speak. Yep. Somebody else. I dare you. Yep. Whoever, whoever doesn't have any crap to unload, whoever doesn't have any junk in their trunk, then Mm -hmm. you just go right ahead and you speak freely. Yep. He said what he said. And everybody had to put their rocks down. Sure did. Sure did. We're all here for it. I think that this not only shows the love that Jesus has, mm-hmm. but the the justice that he has. The, the, I've used this word for him so many times, but it's true. He is an advocate for those who would have been forgotten yeah. or considered less than. The one. The one. Yes. Out of the night. Yeah. The one out of the 99. And that was a perfect example of how he wants us to be as well. Mm-hmm. Who do we need to reach out to who is forgotten, who is chastised, who is bullied yeah. in the religious community? She was literally about to be stoned to death. Mm-hmm. Like was going to die for her sin right there. Yeah. And he stepped in because he knew not one person except for himself was perfect in that circle. Yeah. And even though he was perfect, he had the opportunity to throw a stone and he chose not to. Mm. Don't be throwing stones, y'all. No. And just kind of skipping down to John 15. Mm -hmm. I know that we've got a few verses to cover between them. Him talking about, listen, you know, there's all these commandments, but let me tell you about the greatest commandment is to love one another as I have loved you. It's not even in your own capacity to love that we need to love people. It's that tapping into that godly love, love without judgment, love without restriction, without strings attached. Yeah. It's not love, love as much as you can. That's not, that's not it. Because if I'm loving as much as I can, I'm going to come up empty. Come, but sh- it, come up short every time. Yes. The bar is set way higher yeah. for how we're supposed to love people. And that was shown here in, in the casting of, mm-hmm. the, of the stones to oh, that woman. And I, I love that we're, that we're talking about this verse. And, and sometimes I think when, when we hear it, you know, love others, you know, is, is the greatest commandment that some can interpret it as um, only the our favorite type of love, which is like the easy love, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's so much more than that. And it's, it's also um, the way that Jesus loves us isn't just when it's easy That's or right. just when we like it, you know, mm-hmm. when we need grace. Sometimes the Lord will call us out and he does it in, in love and he supports us and he comes beside us. Yeah. And he... He, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit to guide us for sure to, to the right direction, and that is that is that is true love right there. It is just like your parents would never want you to do wrong, or your parents would, you know, they they want to support you and see you grow in the best way, and they will do whatever in within their power to make sure that happens. Yes, and God provides over and over again ample opportunities for us to do that. Even when we fall short, we still have another opportunity. And I can't promise that I would have been that patient. No. I'm not that patient. Let's just be real. I'm not. 
I've got road rage, y'all. I already know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that that's all I have for a few chapters until chapter eleven. Yeah. Do you have anything between? Um, I do not, but I'll I'll go ahead and and speak on mine in chapter eleven. I know we're um we're getting a little short on time, so I'll keep it brief, but. Um, I've got uh, the story of Lazarus, which I absolutely love. And you already know. And so y'all know, um, if you've been with us for a while that, you know, never lost, which has a voice that talks about, you know, that has a a verse that talks about Lazarus. And I always think about those two instances together. Long story short, in verse 44, um, it says the dead man came out um, or says Lazarus come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face Jesus said to them, take off their grave clothes and let him go. And I highlighted this verse, not just to, I don't want to steal Sarah's thunder at all. So I'm just going to say this much as far as um, the grave clothes. It wasn't until someone had mentioned it that I, I really realized he was, he was coming out of death, death Mm -hmm. to life. And it just reminded me of the same analogy of putting new wine and old wine skins. Right. Um, or um, new cloth to old pair of pants uh, because it would shrink, you know, after you washed it and it would tear away the stitches. And and so he's like, he has come out of the grave. Take those clothes off of him. He doesn't belong in those anymore because he's yes. no longer dead. That's right. And in that same fashion, when you have given your life to Christ, you are no longer the same person that you were. Yes. And that we must do a shedding of our of our old ways, our old life, our you know our old thoughts and habits and everything else, and take on the new ones that we've been called to. Yes, and um, and I d- I just really love that part that he said, take off the grave clothes clothes and let him go. Also, I'm just gonna throw in something that's slightly comical. It's like homie probably looked like a mummy, and he's like, yo, help him out. He Get probably stopped because he had been dead. Like, you know, yeah, which is crazy to think about. And I think about reverting back to chapter 8 where where he says to the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, he says, where are your condemners? And she says, I have none. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I just imagine her wanting to get back into those old patterns of who she used to be and thinking, no, I don't do that anymore. It's the same thing as taking off those gray clothes. And I even have to do the same thing with spiraling into anxiety or I'm going to be really vulnerable with y'all when I see something in public or someone and I want to start to cast judgment on them of whatever I think based on their appearance, Mm -hmm. which is a horribly ugly part of myself and of every human. And I think, no, we don't do that. Yeah. We do not do that. Like a little slap on the hand in my brain. Yeah. Like we do not spiral anymore. We do not make assumptions anymore. That is not who we are. And I don't get it right, y'all. I still go down those trails sometimes and I'm not proud of it. But that's like, that's just not, we don't wear those clothes anymore. It's an exercise. You have to exercise. Because yes. you won't get it right every time. Yes. Even with, with thinking of yourself in a shameful way yeah. or not having confidence, you're like, no, that's not who I am. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like. Actually, don't even have to apologize. But um, another thing that I love about the recording of the story of Lazarus is that it shows the human side of Jesus. Yeah. How he wept. Mm-hmm. And how even though he was fully God and knew that Lazarus could be raised and that he would be raised, yeah. he still had a moment of grief. And he saw how it had hurt his friends. Like, they were close friends. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to go through that grief as well. Uh-huh. So I love that that it showed the human side of Jesus there as well. Um, skipping to the next chapter, 
again, going back to Jesus's mission. Yeah. And of course we see that in the performing of miracles and in the, the loving of people, like we talked about with the woman in the act of adultery, but it's all wrapped up in a nice paragraph here. It starts in chapter 44 and all these stories and miracles and interactions with people who have sinned and were in the public eye that were recorded here all back up the paragraphs like this. Yes. And he says in chapter 44, and Jesus cried out and said, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in the one who sent me. And who, that's a bold claim. Like he's saying, God himself sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I'm sorry. Whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, I am God. Yeah. Yep. And I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken my author- on my own authority, but of the Father who sent me and given himself, or, and has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak." I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Ooh. Yeah, I know that's some hard preaching right there. Mm-hmm. But there, there's the truth. It, it's Point blank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and what I love about the verses after that, it's leading to the resurrection, which every gospel mm-hmm. ends with the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. But he's not just saying all these things in a haughty way. He has been serving. He has been healing. He has been casting out demons. Mm-hmm. He has been eating with sinners. He has been gathering the disciples, preaching to thousands of people this message of light and darkness, of the gospel, of having an advocate, of having a way to God, a way to not be lost in your mm-hmm. sin. And then, even before anything happens with him being taken away to be crucified, he washes the disciples' feet. Oh, my gosh, which which I love. And that gets into, you know, we're here in 13. Um, and I, there's a couple of verses that I want to, I'm going to skip a little bit of it. But I do encourage you to go back and, and read this um, passage in chapter 13. But, you know, Peter says, like, no, uh, no, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. But if we go down and look at, um, at verse 14, I'm going to skip down a little bit. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. Mm-hmm. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one that sent him. And I, I love this as a reminder that if Jesus was not too good to serve, to extend grace, to forgive, and to right. do all of these things for, for us, who are we not to also extend that? Absolutely. Our ultimate example. Yeah. He, if he's not above it, we definitely are not above it. That's right. That's right. He also says in this something that I find so profound in my life right now. He says in chapter 7, or in verse 7, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Yes. And like how many times in my life have I looked back and I'm like, I, in that moment, did not understand at all what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And now 
like Jesus is basically saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yep. Like you don't understand this now, but just trust me. One day you will. And how many of y'all know trusting God is the most rewarding, frustrating, hard thing yeah. to do? Mm-hmm. And when everything works out with particular things in our life, it's so easy to look back and be like, why did I ever question God? We but then the next time, time something rolls around, girl, I'll be questioning God. Mm-hmm. He also makes an incredibly pronoun- pr- profound statement after this, after he, he says, you know, one of you will betray me. Like this is a super intimate moment with the disciples. He talks about, you know, one of you will betray me. One of you will deny me. And of course, Peter's all like, you know, Lord, you know, I ain't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads into Jesus saying in the next chapter, let not your hearts be troubled. Mm. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then, of course, the famous words, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's it. So the talk... This is the argument right here, guys. And this is why we say this is such a good good book for theology. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, you can worship any God that you want. Like, what if it's all the same? What if it doesn't make any difference? We have to account for our sin. Uh, yeah. Out of any religion, there's only one blood-bought sacrifice where that individual conquered death. And that is Jesus. And that is the mm-hmm. gospel. And we cannot have a way to God except through an advocate. That's it. We could look. Here's the reality: we could all be wrong, but we can't all be right. Girl, ain't that the truth? But this this is the only way. Yes. And I totally respect that other people have different views than me. I am never going to hold up a sign and protest anybody about my faith. I'm never going to be ugly Mm -hmm. with someone defending my faith. I want to be respectful because if someone has been brought up in another faith and that they believe their belief just as much as I believe my belief. Mm -hmm. So it's my job to one, pray for that person to two, show them love And three, speak truth to them in grace. Mm -hmm. Because, like you say, truth with grace without truth is meaningless, but truth without grace is mean. mean. I'm like, why 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 would somebody want to serve the God we serve with some of us out here being mean? Just straight up mean. Mm -hmm. Number one commandment. Gotta love people. Yeah, you got the way that God does. Sure does. Sure do. Yeah. Man. I feel like we could talk about John for forever. I'm just we like, really could. So much here, and but. I think that we can end. He ends, um, of course, with talking about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Yes. But he, in chapter twenty, verse thirty, he has a little excerpt called "The Purpose of This Book," and I'm like, my man, John. <laughs> it's just like this. Why I'm writing. It's like he got the essay right with the like. You know, you give a concluding paragraph of like yep. this was why I wrote this. 
He says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which were not even written in this book. So there was more that Mm -hmm. wasn't even recorded. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So he's like, this is how you have life. This is the man in and through you have life. This is who he is. This is the truth. And to back this up, here are all these stories, miracles, signs, and wonders. If you have been falling asleep and missing the whole book, of, if you if you just read through everything and didn't comprehend anything, right? here is what the point was. Yes. So that you will have no doubts. Yes. I That's love it. it. That's, he said what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> John, my man, we're trying to figure out, is he an Enneagram 1 or 8? And we're leaning toward 1 because he's an advocate for justice. He's Mm -hmm. an advocate for truth. Mm -hmm. And very black and white. Like, this is what it is. Yep. This is the truth. That's it. So I hope that this book has encouraged you guys as much as as it has me today Mm -hmm. in solidifying our beliefs. Yes. Of what is truth. And again... We just have, we still have a couple more weeks until Easter. It is not too late to just take a couple chapters a day and read through it. I could be a chapter when you wake up, a chapter when you go to bed, just two over lunch. If you have the Bible app, press play on your commute. Literally just take five minutes and you could get the gospel, one of the gospels. You could get all of the gospels and fit them in before Easter. But there's so much wisdom and yes. truth about God's character, about Jesus's character, his purpose, his love, the way that he conducted himself here on earth, the yes. prime example that we can glean from. You will never regret going back and reading more about his word. So That's I just right. can't encourage it enough. Amen, girl. I don't have anything else to say, but I will say I'm so excited about next week's episode. Y'all are going to, y'all are going to love it. We're really excited. It's giving me the warm and fuzzies. It really will be. Warm and, and fuzzies. The warm fuzzies. I know you know what, what you I meant. meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl. Well, we hope you have a great week, guys, and we hope you've enjoyed this series. We we definitely haven't meant to preach at you or anything. We hope it's been more of like a Bible study because mm-hmm. um, that's definitely how we felt about it. For sure. Yeah. We love y'all, and we can't wait to see you for episode 100. Woohoo! Next Thanks y'all week. so much for listening. Thank we love you. you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.